Feeling grouchy? Maybe someone needs a nap. A study from the American Psychological Association synthesized more than 50 years of research on sleep deprivation and mood and discovered, get this, sleep loss can undermine emotional functioning and decrease positive moods. This is Pulse Check. I'm Chelsea Ceruzzo. Governor Gavin Newsom's major mental health and substance abuse proposal is a hit with voters, according to a Politico and Morning Consult poll released Thursday. More than 70% of likely primary voters in California polled last week said they would approve Newsom's measure, a nearly $6.4 billion bond to expand residential treatment for mental health and substance abuse, and also revamp how the state prioritizes homelessness and mental illness. The FDA is clearing the regulatory deck ahead of the new year, giving companies recommendations on how digital health technologies can help gather remote data in clinical studies, COVID-19 monoclonal antibody development, and more. And artificial intelligence continues its march into nearly every facet of the healthcare space. Politico healthcare reporter Daniel Payne joins me to explain how it's transforming the health landscape. Hey, Daniel. Thanks for being here. Hey, Chelsea. Thanks for having me. So we've heard a lot about AI in healthcare. Is this just a lot of hype or is it real? There is a lot of hype around it, but it seems like there is actually a real shift that's happening that sort of underpins that hype. I mean, you go to just about any provider, insurer, any conference, any health informatics group of professionals, they're all talking about this. This is something that everyone is really focused on. And it seems to have real implications across the health system for a bunch of different applications. Where is it coming into the health system? It's coming in all over, but I think there are two main buckets that a lot of people are putting it in. One is clinical uses or research uses, so developing diagnostics or making better drugs or systems that can read x-rays and make sense of them and spot things sometimes as well as humans can. These are things that are actually involved in day-to-day care and sort of making that care better. And then there's another group of applications that are like quote-unquote back office uses. So things like scheduling your staff to come in at the right times or note-taking for physicians or filling out medical charts or billing. Those are really coming out in force right now as well. So they're both being used a lot, both instances, but the clinical uses often have a lot of regulatory hurdles that they have to go through to get put into place, whereas some of the quote-unquote back-office uses are a little bit easier. There are fewer hurdles to put them into place right now. But across the board, I mean, we've seen sort sorts of artificial intelligence that have been used for years. But right now, with large language models really coming into their own and being accessible to a lot of people, a lot of systems, it's just coming in all over in a really aggressive rate. So we have this really exciting front-facing AI and then the more operational AI that we don't really see in the day-to-day. So how are policymakers thinking about those changes in the health system? Are they thinking about regulation? Absolutely. I mean, every part of sort of the policymaking apparatus is engaged in this question of how do we handle AI? And there are a lot of different answers because it's coming into a lot of different spaces. How an AI might affect the billing and coding world is going to require a different policy angle than in the diagnostic world. So certainly we've seen lawmakers open a bunch of inquiries into this. I mean, they're talking to industry experts, patient advocates, everyone in between about how this is being used in healthcare. 
a lot of them with an eye toward making some big piece of legislation or several pieces of legislation to handle where this is and sort of direct where it's going, how this technology is going to be used. The Biden administration is also certainly engaged in this. I mean, they've released their executive order, the White House did, to sort of give a sense of where that regulation is going, but the nitty gritty is still being developed. And everyone from the FDA to CMS, all over the administration, they're thinking about how is this technology being used and how can regulators, again, sort of help shape where that future goes to the benefit of the industry and patients and not to be harmful. So everyone's thinking a lot about it, but it's a big open question. I mean, there's a lot of lobbying. There are a lot of dollars going in to try to shape that future and make sense of how will policymakers handle this issue going into 2024. Well, thanks so much for talking with us, Daniel. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Our hosts are Lauren Gardner, Kelly Hooper, Ben Leonard, Megan Messerly, Alice Miranda Olstein, Daniel Payne, and Ruth Reeder. And before we go, this final note. This is our last regularly scheduled episode. You can still keep up with all of our reporting by subscribing to our newsletters, Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse, and by visiting politico.com. Thank you for listening. I'm Chelsea Ceruso. 